0: online at mypremierortho.com.
1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald-Times, along with co-host Joe Wren today. Joe's sitting in for Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today, we're going to talk about the uh, Super Bowl and what it's bringing to central and southern Indiana Uh, this week in February. We have three guests with us. Two are in the studio. Mike McAfee is here. He's executive director of Visit Bloomington. And Shankar Krishnan is here. He's IU professor of marketing at the Kelly School of Business. Also joining us by phone from the uh, epicenter of what's going on in Indianapolis, Bill Benner spokesperson for the Super Bowl host committee. If you have questions or comments, you can phone us at 855-0811 or toll-free, 877-285-9348. WFIU.org slash Noon Edition is our website if you want to join a live chat or send in any questions or comments uh, by that route. Well, thank you all for being here today. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. Sure.
1: Hey, I Sure. Hey, I want to go with Bill first because he's right up there in the middle of Indianapolis. Bill, I just want to get a little bit of history about uh, when Indianapolis first bid for the Super Bowl and you know, how long you've been working on this.
3: Uh, Indianapolis first bid for the 2011 game in 2007 and lost to uh, North Texas and Jerry Jones in their new stadium by a very narrow margin, 17-15 to 15 reportedly. Uh, but was immediately asked, uh, because of the quality of the bid at that time, was immediately asked to bid again by uh, the NFL and and some of the owners. And so Indianapolis, and Fred Glass, actually, the IU athletic director, led that first bid. Uh, Indianapolis then regrouped. They added uh, some significant, uh, the most significant part that they added to the bid was the legacy project for the Near East Side. Uh, Came back in May of 2008, May 20th exactly, to be exact, of 2008 and uh was uh, got the bid for uh, for the 2012 game and really have been working on it ever since although most uh, I'm the co-chair of the media relations committee those of us and at that level of the committee uh we've probably been working uh, sort of part-time on it for 3 years and then steadily ramped up from 2 years on out and then Within the last year, I've told a lot of people it's become my full-time, part-time,
0: voluntary job.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, Bill, a lot of people will know you here in Bloomington as a former sports writer at the Indianapolis Star. Uh, did you cover Super Bowls when you were with the Star?
3: I did not. Okay. Uh, back Back in the day, we, we did not uh, send the columnists. If we did send somebody, we would send the beat writers. So I did not cover Super Bowls. However, I have been to the last three Super Bowls as a member of the host committee, Mm -hmm. doing our due diligence and taking lots of notes and representing the city. Uh, both
1: in uh, North Texas and South Florida two years ago. Well, I, you know, the reason I'm, I ask is because it seems like there are a whole lot of uh, writers that you'll see on various uh, news broadcasts and you'll read about in various publications that say, you know, the Indi- Indianapolis as a site, as compact as it is and as well put together as this Super Bowl is, um, is uh, certainly uh, doing as well, if not significantly better than some of the previous
3: sites. We uh, are getting tremendously positive feedback from media, both across the country and, and writers who have covered a multitude of Super Bowls, and uh, as well as international journalists. And for these the very reasons, to mention the compactness of our our city and the convenience with which they can do their jobs, everything is contained uh, within a, just an area of a few blocks, and so they've fallen in love with it. Uh, there's a good friend of mine named Gary Shelton who works for the St. Petersburg Times, who's probably been to 30 Super Bowls, and he told me that he came prepared, came to Indianapolis prepared to hate it and now thinks that we should be the host every year. So,
4: <laughs>
3: However, I, I would add a note of caution. Uh, those of us on the host committee are being, while well, we, we, we feel tremendously uh, positive about the way things have gone to this point, we realize that we're still two, day, two and a half days away from the game itself. And then on Monday, we have to get all of the guests through Indianapolis International Airport and home. So I don't think that there will be any uh, uh, back or congratulatory messages until we've fully executed uh, and, and had the game and gotten people back on their ways home. So, but we feel, we feel great about the, the – the village has been amazing. Uh, approaching 400,000 visitors to the Super Bowl village. And we're approaching 200,000 visitors to the NFL experience, and uh, both are nothing like the NFL has ever seen. Mm
5: -hmm. Bill, this is Joe. I can hear some noise in the background. I'm just kind of curious if you could set the scene of where you're at now (laughs) and what's going on in Indy right now.
3: Well, Gretchen asked if I could go to someplace quiet, and I said there is no place quiet uh, in Indianapolis right now. I'm actually right outside uh, the Indianapolis, uh, we have a booth a, uh, where we answer questions and interact with the media, and uh, that's where I'm sitting right now, but we're right outside the famous or infamous Radio Row, in which uh, beginning on Wednesday ramps up and every kind of celebrity from A-listers to D-listers, former players, current players, college guys. They all go through Radio Row and make the rounds, and and, do, and the NFL Network has a set inside there for the first time ever. They've allowed fans to come in and they, they have a walkway for fans can walk through and see the activity there. But it is uh, really happening today, but actually it's really happening everywhere. I, this morning, I was over uh, by the uh, by the village. Uh, the Today show was was uh, on live, net, being broadcast nationally. ESPN is set up in, in Pan Am Plaza doing their national broadcast, and even at uh, seven o'clock this morning, there were thousands of people downtown already and it will only continue to pick up, uh, again, through this afternoon, through tonight, and then on through the game itself. It's, it, I've never seen such humanity in our city. It's
1: incredible. <laughs> well, we've got some A-listers here uh, with us today. Mike McAfee from the uh, from Visit Bloomington and, and Shankar Krishnan from the IU uh, Kelly School, and we want to get them on briefly before we come back to you, bill. Uh, I want to talk to Mike first about um, the Bloomington being a super celebration community i know I know you've had experience in in bidding for events, but obviously nothing on the magnitude of the Super Bowl so you 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 know you you have a little experience in knowing what they've been going through, but what what about being a super celebration uh, community, and how have you gone about that?
4: We started working with the Super Super Bowl Committee in December of 2010 to become a site, so it's been a long time in the works. I just want to first thank Indianapolis for leading this charge. This is um, certainly Bloomington is benefiting from this and Indianapolis is too, but this is a big deal for the state of Indiana. It it is, it's it's a major coup, and and again, I, I think they're going to want to come back just because Indianapolis is the best major sporting event town in America. In my opinion, you see it in all, in all the events that they do. So what a great thing. We, we really appreciate that. But, uh, yes, we're a super celebration site. And what, what, they, what they've done is, uh, you know, they basically draw the circle around Indy and, and those communities within about an hour's drive. Um, They reached out to us and said, would you like to get on board with this? And, of course, we said yes. And um, we've put together activities. There's all kinds of things going on in Bloomington for people staying with us that are going up to the game, Um, you know, from sports memorabilia, tours of the IU facilities. Uh, we've got an Indy car on display in Fountain Square Mall um, that people can go down there. Which um, team? It is the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> in fact, we were joking. We were going to take Who's uh, IU stickers in there and put them over the <laughs> Cardinal. emblems <laughs> because it's the same colors. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, of course, we didn't do that. But it's been very popular. We've had that open since yesterday, and people have been coming through there. And, of course, we're serving um, snickerdoodles and... Hot chocolate, which are the official snack and beverage of the of Super Bowl forty six, but uh, it, it's going really well. We estimate we've got about five hundred people staying in Bloomington for the game and going back and forth. Now, the big thing that that I think we're most excited about, and where Bloomington is is really going to make an impression on some people, is we've got over twenty airplanes coming through our airport. And uh, talking with our airport manager, we normally can handle about seventy airplanes in a in a typical week, but because these aircraft are so big, we, we're in about the twenty range and they're parked on the, the runways and things. So we've got major corporations coming through here getting exposed to Bloomington and I think they're they're really surprised at what they're seeing that. You know, we're we're a a nice town to be in and we have a lot of stuff going on here. So it's a big
1: deal. I know Bruce Payton, the mm-hmm. airport manager, said in a story that he he had hoped or thought they might even be more, like maybe close to 50. But he talks about how that Bloomington is sort of the front door for these people who are coming in because they, they get to see a little bit of Bloomington. And I assume that there are shuttles that are going to the airport, picking up these people, driving them to Indy?
4: Correct. You know, many of them obviously have limos or, or whatever reason, and making that happen. But we've got um, some of the local shuttles are are running back and forth um, all weekend long to the there's satellite parking lots near at the old airport in Indianapolis, where they're parking and jumping on shuttles that takes them down to the village. And I know they're very, they're very busy and booked all weekend as far as our shuttles running up there. So again, nice piece of business for them. okay
5: Mike, can you compare just maybe briefly about what type of economic impact this would have to maybe another event that Bloomington just to give us an idea in terms of size? I was trying to do some math on that this yeah.
4: morning just based upon our numbers that we apply to for groups like this. And you know, I was thinking anywhere in the $200,000 range of direct expenditures right here in Bloomington. It's a little bit different, though, because, uh, you know, these people are staying here mostly, but they're probably spending their time up there eating their meals, that, that type of stuff. And, but, but let's face it, we're, we're getting some pretty good premium rates at our hotels for them. And, by the way, we do have quite a bit of availability um, Open in, in Bloomington right now, so if some, for some reason somebody's listening and they need a hotel room, they can call us and we can hook them up <laughs> all
1: right uh, Professor Krishnan, the whole um, Super Bowl sort of experience, the Super Bowl as an event, um, can you uh, talk a little bit about sort of where that falls? I mean, is this one of the is this the largest event marketing event of the year in your opinion?
2: I mean, how did it become this big? This is a huge event. I mean, this is uh, just the format of it, a single event one day that gets rotated across different cities. There's not too many like this. If you look at the Kentucky Derby, that's a one-day event, but stays in one place. I think the closest to it is pro- possibly the Olympics, which once again goes to different countries. Of course, bigger in scale, but the Olympics also happens once in four years. And just like the Olympics, I think the Super Bowl has become an event that pretty much people identify with. And even you know, if they're not interested in football, it's still something that they watch. This could be the one football match game that they watched that year. And from a marketing standpoint, uh, you, you're, you're aware that uh, the brands, the advertising that goes on during the Super Bowl for people in marketing, that is a huge deal. So oftentimes people might be watching the game but not really watching the game. They're trying to see what are the new things coming on that, that people are really kind of uh, uh, coming out with that year and give a, get a preview for what, what their strategy might be for that year.
1: And what, what's it mean in terms of branding a city like Indianapolis? I mean, the, the you know, I think 10 Super Bowls have been in Miami and maybe New Orleans. Indianapolis is one of the first northern cities. What's it mean for
2: Indianapolis? I think uh, one of the you know things that indianapolis and indiana as mike pointed out that we can benefit from is just the exposure the awareness just the image uh, that that people who really don't know much about indianapolis and indiana as a whole they get exposure to this whether they're here for the visit or they're watching it on tv reading about it blogs all these different things i think it's get a, getting a lot of exposure so if you look at the cities that usually where where these are uh, what you see is that, uh, you know, these are generally bigger cities and people generally have some exposure to these cities. So I think Indianapolis being right in the middle of the country, you know, Midwest. Um, so, so I think it's, uh, some of that is uh, getting us a lot of exposure that people may not really have much perceptions about the city. So I think that has more of a long-term impact as well because you have – Lots of, uh, you know, corporations coming in with lots of executives. You have visitors coming in, you know, of course, from uh, Boston and New York, but from other places as well. So you get a lot of exposure from these people who all of a sudden see the city, see what it has to offer. And, you know, uh, they might be pleasantly surprised.
4: I don't see why people are so surprised that it's 60 and sunny in central, <laughs> South Central Indiana in February. Isn't it always? Yeah, right. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Word.
5: I so. think Bill has some friends in high places for that one. Yeah. I think, mean, yeah, he worked that one up.
1: <laughs> All right. Our phone number is again eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, 877 285 9348 and slash noon edition if you want to join a live chat. Um, Bill, I know that, uh, you know, the Super Bowl is a football game, but there is so much more to it than that. I was looking at uh, your official website today. There's a list of a dozen or so what's called host city programs uh, that go from something called 2012 Trees to the Super Baskets of Hope, which we had experience with that in Bloomington just uh, this week, as a matter of fact. Can you talk a little bit about some of those events?
3: And I think that's one of the things that's made this such a uniquely uh, successful to this point, uh, Super Bowl, And it starts off with, you know, we had more than 20 state. And to Mike's point, this has never been about Indianapolis's game. This has always been from the committee standpoint about a, an event for the citizens of the entire state of Indiana. And super celebration is a great uh, example of that. But we've had, uh, we've had, Twenty youth programs uh, of various sizes, and just meant to positively impact and engage our youth from across uh, the state. One of those has been so, something so simple yet so wonderful as having welcome letters written from school children from throughout Indiana placed in the hotel rooms of every arriving guest, as well as uh, in the here in the media center, uh, and those have been. Incredibly well received. We have the Super Cure Breast Cancer Initiative because Indianapolis is the only home as home to the only breast tissue bank in the world. I mentioned earlier the Near East Side Legacy Project, an area encompassing forty thousand uh, citizens. Uh, really, uh, and th- this was initiated by the citizens, the citizens themselves, but the Super Bowl has provided clout and networking and uh, other impetus to this where uh, a neighborhood is being entirely entirely revitalized. We have an environmental program called First and Green. You mentioned 2012 trees where 2012 trees were planted over on the east side. And I could go on and on and on but again the idea was always this would be more than just a football game. This would be something that would engage people statewide and hopefully have impact for a broad number of uh, citizens and people uh, well after the, the game leaves town on on uh, on Monday.
1: Now, I wanted to mention the Super Basket since I brought it up. We had a story on, in our paper this week that that was seems like a very nice program too, where a lot of uh, kids who are, in our case, kids who are at the. Um, Proton Therapy Center that IU runs who are undergoing treatment for cancer uh, were the recipients of baskets with toys and items. In. And I think that that uh, Bloomington Hospital also received some of those, and, and I think that, that's going all over the state. So,
3: Mike, I, I, I want to mention that I was, in, I was at Banker's Life Fieldhouse on Monday. There was an assembly line of hundreds of hundreds of volunteers assembling these baskets that would be shipped out. And again... This is where Indianapolis has taken what has previously has been a local initiative, taking place uh, primarily in that NFL city that's hosting the Super Bowl. And this year, for the first time, uh, children's hospitals in thirty-two city, uh, the thirty-two NFL cities across America uh, received baskets of hope led by the national spokesperson Tony Dungy. But this was an idea uh, initiated by Kevin O'Keefe, who's uh, CEO of the Riley Children's Foundation who said, we, this is such a good program, this impacts children is so, uh, who, who so need this kind of interaction. Uh, let's just don't do this in Indianapolis. Let's, let's spread the love as far and wide as we could. And so that's what they've done. And I tell you what, it was, it was a, a very emotional thing for me just to, again, witness what these people were doing for children, uh, again, across not only around Indiana, but across the country.
1: All right. Our phone numbers, again, are eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. 811 877 877-285-9348. The website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. Uh, if you want to join us with a question for our panelists or uh, just a comment, you can let us know what you're planning to do for the Super Bowl. If you've been to Indianapolis, let us know what you think of what's going on in that city. If you've participated in any of uh, of the uh, super celebration site events that Mike talked about or gone down to see the car at Fountain Square, you can uh, let us know about those things as well.
5: Bill, I wanted to um, also ask you briefly about an uh, event this big, and anyone can chime in on this as well. There are going to be things that go wrong and troubleshooting probably on the fly. Can you talk a little bit about what you have in place for that and um, anything that I I think when I talked to you Monday, the big thing was traffic.
3: Yeah, well, I, here's, uh, I'll get to traffic in a second. Here's a committee we had that's been studying the weather charts for Indianapolis last week of January, first week of February, going back to 1860. So we had a <laughs> snow committee. We had a snow, sho- we had a, uh, we had people armed with snow shovels. Uh, so there was an entire, uh, committee and volunteers committed just to the fact that we might have snow first week in February. So they were ready to go and were, Happy to say that they've been rendered absolutely useless mm-hmm. this week. <laughs> Transportation obviously is key, and that, I think the greatest advantage Indianapolis has, has is uh, our compactness, our convenience, and the fact that everything is so close together. That also represents our greatest challenge. Uh, and especially now that all of our out of town guests have arrived, and you're talking about moving people from Bloomington and your airport and things like that, how do we move people? How do we not, uh, how do we keep the city from becoming gridlocked? And so far, and I'm not saying that it's not crowded, but I'm so far, it's worked pretty well. We have on our website, uh, the IndianapolisSuperBowl.com, a where you can go. It's called Know Before You Go, and it will provide up to up to the minute. I mean, up to the minute uh, road closures, uh, traffic snarls. Uh, it will tell you how many spaces are left in downtown parking garages uh, and parking lots. So it is that precise and it is that instant. And I would encourage anybody from Bloomington who is uh, uh, contemplating coming to Indianapolis this weekend to go to that website and go to Know Before You Go, and you'll get some really great up-to-date, up-to-the-minute information about uh, handling it. And if you're coming, you know, bring a, bring a pair of comfortable walking shoes and, and know that you're not going to drive into Circle Center Mall. Uh, most likely you're going to have to park uh, someplace nearby and then walk into the uh, – ex- uh, into the village, but it's uh, it's been pretty good so far.
1: Can you describe a little bit about what there is in the village?
3: <laughs> well, you know, we had, the, the most popular aspect of the village has been the zip line, mm. uh, and and uh, that uh, was an idea that we stole from the Vancouver Winter <laughs> <laughs> Olympics, and it's four zip lines soaring uh, from uh, 80, uh, 800 feet, eighty feet above Capitol Avenue. Uh, and it has been, people, uh, last night were getting in line at 10 o'clock last night for tickets that would go on sale at 11 o'clock this morning. So it's been uh, absolutely a huge success. But the, uh, there are free concerts that will start at 3 o'clock and go through 11 o'clock, uh, tonight. LMFAO is the headliner tonight, but they've had local bands, national bands. Darius Rucker was there last night. It's, uh, it's been hugely successful and it's free Next to the, and just to that, we have fire and ice lounges. There are street entertainers, uh, ice carvers. Uh, there's a place if you want to do curling, there's a place you can do curling. Uh, there's a little football field that is a hosting acts, but also where kids can just run and throw footballs and, and be crazy. Uh, just off the, in the old Nordstrom Space and Circle Center Mall, uh, which was a negative when we lost Nordstrom, but the positive for the Super Bowl is they've taken two floors of that to make and it was, a, it was supposed to be a warming a place to go get warm, but the weather's been so great, but that has food and beverage, and on the second floor is a huge Super Bowl merchandise store. Uh, and there are again all kinds of kiosks up and down Georgia Street. And just a lot, a lot of great, great things to do.
1: Okay, we're going to take a short break, and uh, then we'll be back to talk more about what's going on Super Bowl week in Indianapolis and Bloomington and a little bit more about the marketing of the Super Bowl uh, with our guest today. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
0: This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville, information at smithville.net, and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews
1: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, along with Joe Wren, and we're talking today with uh, three guests about The Super Bowl that will be Sunday in Indianapolis, but actually it's going on all week. It's been going on since last Friday, and for some people, it's been going on the last three years. But uh, Mike McAfee is here. He's the executive director of Visit Bloomington. Uh, Shankar Krishnan is an IU professor of marketing at the Kelly School of Business. Bill Benner has joined us by phone. He's a spokesperson for the Super Bowl host committee in Indianapolis. If you want to join us and give us your thoughts on the Super Bowl, Uh, Super Bowl forty six. Call us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can join us by going to our website wfiu.org slash noon edition. Um, I know that uh, the commercials during the game are always a... Huge hit! It's probably as as many people, almost as many people, anyway. Watch it for the uh, the commercials as watch it for the actual football game when the Colts aren't playing, at least here in, here in Indiana. Um, so, Professor Professor Krishnan, um, the the impact of a Super Bowl commercial. You know, people are paying lots and lots of money for them, and I know Mike was talking in the break about how much it costs us here. So, you can repeat that if you'd like. Um, you know why do companies feel like they need to be there and spend as much money as they are for a 30 second spot 15 second spot
2: yeah as, as mike pointed out uh this year the uh, spots 30 second spots they're going for 3.5 plus million dollars so so that's just a 30 second spot so you know as, uh, as as you said bob why why spend <laughs> all that money well here's an opportunity for you to reach a huge audience at one big swoop so you're making a big splash, you know, especially if you are a small brand trying to cut through the clutter. You can spread it out over the year, or you could say, okay, we really have something interesting, important, relevant to say, and let's try to see if we can come in with a you know kind of a strong execution. And You know, you also get a lot of this uh, positive spillover because people actually are watching such a long game. They're watching it, you you get two or three exposures, then you've got people talking about it, you've got media picking up on it. So you're not only advertising on it, but you're also getting quite a lot of other people creating a buzz around what what you're doing. You'll see your typical brands. You'll see, uh, you know, you'll see your Budweiser, you always have something uh, from them with the use of animals. But I think this year, I think I also saw something with uh, Volkswagen, with uh, with the dog commercial. I think think that's going to be a standout. So I think the other aspect to look for is it's almost like a competition to see who can come out of the cleverest, smartest, funniest – type of execution that will grab somebody's attention. And then everybody keeps asking, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? So that's a Monday morning conversation.
1: Well, uh, is, is, there some sort of, is there a risk now that you might put an ad on that is kind of a clunker and people are talking about that too?
2: Absolutely. And, and that, <laughs> that's the downside. That's the downside. So you, you test it. Of course, these guys don't, don't just put it on. These are mega brands. Hmm. They don't just put it on without the testing. So even after all the testing, when it goes on air in front of such a large audience, is it really going to, you know, have the same impact that you think it, it's, it's going to? So, and if it's a dud, then you could get the uh, negative exposure that people are saying, oh, God, I, I can't believe they did that, you know. So, so, you could get that as well. So, you get the awareness, but in a, you know, kind of a bad way.
4: There's definitely a status part of it where, you know, it's, it's the place to be. You know, a lot of these companies are leaking, you know, little shorter versions of their spots, to social media on Facebook, you, know, you were able to see the new Ferris Bueller spot a few days ago. Just a little, you know, just a little teaser of it. And and again, social media plays a big part in all this. You know, they're combining all that type of stuff. So,
5: you know, I did want to bring up social media and, and uh, Bill, you as well, if you want to jump in. How big is social media in this Super Bowl? Well,
3: Indianapolis is the most socially connected, social media connected Super Bowl in history we actually have a staff of 46 uh social media experts who are who have occupied a downtown office space in Indianapolis and they are mon- monitoring and interacting with uh all social media regarded related to the Super Bowl it's a simply extraordinary effort uh, we have a mobile app that anybody can download that takes you to a 3D map of Indianapolis you can find out where you are you can look the uh, Uh, possibly make a restaurant reservation Uh, it's just an incredible application of social media in every aspect that Indianapolis is engaged in and I know that the New Orleans uh, host committee who is here looking at how we're doing things, that's one of their major takeaways is how we have used social media to not only get our message out but to interact with people and to make information uh, instantly known so it's a, a huge part of what
5: we're doing. Well, and social media is free. And so we're talking about $3 million commercials. Is this a way, and Mike, you go ahead and join in too, is this a way that other people or communities or smaller organizations can get involved with the Super Bowl?
4: Certainly that's just a, a part of their cohesive campaign. But we did what we did locally here was, on the Monday morning after the Patriots and Giants won their games on Sunday evening, we went on and bought Facebook advertising targeting those fans. And we're tracking back to we've, we've got a 32-to-1 return on people that have clicked through and booked rooms here in Bloomington because of that. So it's a great buy for us. So it's, it's not always for you. I mean, the mm-hmm. the people interacting with your fans and thing is, but, but certainly you can buy ads on Facebook like that, and we do that often. So.
1: Well, I want to ask a little bit about the celebrity aspect of the Super Bowl too. I know, um, you know, that Madonna is going to be the halftime show, correct? And uh, Kelly Clarkson, I believe, is singing the national anthem. And you know, Bill mentioned some of the people that have been uh, performing. Um, Bill, you know, from your at your standpoint, I know you've been involved with lots of big events down there. But how does this, you know, compare in terms of the? Uh, you know the the celebrity watching aspect of it.
3: Well, I mean, it, it is definitely one of the <laughs> things that attracts people. And uh, and you know, I mentioned I'm sitting out right outside Rodeo Row, and it's been a nonstop of parade of celebrities uh, here. Most most of them, I would say, football related. But we, you know, and Jimmy Fallon's here doing his show, and we, uh, you know, like I mentioned, the Today Show. And then there are any number of very high level and very expensive corporate and private parties, including one being hosted by Rolling Stone magazine tomorrow night, that are that are drawing uh, some very, very big names uh, in the world of sports and entertainment. So it's it's a huge part of it, no question about it, and it, it is a reason that the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. It's, uh, and before I forget, I, I want to make up one other point, going back to what you guys were talking about earlier. Uh they estimate that sixty five percent of Super Bowl attendees are corporate decision makers so that's that's obviously a very important thing for Indianapolis to expose all of our amenities to those kinds of people and the other thing is you talk about marketing a city and this is a, and we don 't have to pay three million dollars we all those cityscape shots are, that are going to be shown during the game to one hundred and eleven million u uh, uh, s viewers. Uh, you can't put a price tag on that, and plus the Indianapolis State Line being carried around the world. So those are all things that don't necessarily uh, have a dollar sign attached to them, but they are incredibly valuable.
1: So, are you getting to go to any of these big parties?
3: Uh, I uh, I was I worked. We had a media party. here's another really cool thing we did. Okay. We had a media, we had a media media party on Tuesday night at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that was hugely successful. Uh, a number of uh, journalists said it was the best media party they'd ever been to in the history of Super Bowls. They lit up the entire two-and-a-half miles of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at night for the first time ever. They had uh, the Patriots and Giants in the NFL car on the starting finish, start-finish line by the Yard of Bricks. They had the Borg-Warner Trophy and the Lombardi Trophy. They It was just a spectacular party. So I got to go that, but I was working. Uh-huh. And then on, <laughs> Wednesday, we, on Wednesday night, they had a very nice party for... Uh, those of us uh, at the chair, chair level of the host committee and donors at the former Hilbert and now Lucas uh, mansion uh, in Carmel that was was incredibly well done and, and very nice. But I can't afford any of those other parties because they are way out of my price range. All right.
5: Now, did I also hear they brought in a whole bunch of semi-trucks full of sand and turned Victory Field into a beach?
3: I'm looking right at uh, a tent that is the size of an airplane hangar that DirecTV has bought and inside that it will be the uh, a beach party including beach volleyball and uh they'll have a a number of celebrities there as well and it takes a, it stretches from the right field corner to the left field corner uh in Victory Field it is a incredible structure to sight to behold
1: All right so here's a question from Twitter. Let's get down to the real issue. Is Ryan Gosling in Indiana?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Mike I McAfee, know. did you see him here last night?
4: I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny, but I did hear a rumor he was at Nick's last night with Mark Cuban, but I don't I can't. I don't know if that's true. You know, Mark Cuban was here, though. Absolutely, no. Mark Cuban was in Bloomington last night for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we can't uh, confirm or deny, but we we expect that he he will be here if he's not here yet. All right. We have a phone call, so we're going to go. We're going to go to the phones, and Louise is on the phone. Louise. Hello. Hi. Go ahead.
5: Yeah. Um, usually, there are a lot of homeless people in downtown Indianapolis, and I wondered how you got them all off the streets and what's going to happen to them and how this whole thing benefits them. And my second question is, Indianapolis has a really large Hispanic community, and I note that your website is entirely in English, and how does the presence of this big event benefit that community?
3: All right, Bill, go ahead. Uh, They had a huge uh, Latino uh, music concert, I believe it took place uh, two nights ago. I cannot speak to the Spanish translation of our website but we do have interpreters available we've interacted with the International School here in Indianapolis uh, somebody came up the other day and they needed to speak I'm trying to remember what the dialect was it was a, or the language was it was a very obscure one and within a few minutes we were able to hook them up with the translator so we have tried to engage all of our audiences and constituencies. as far as the homeless people I would submit to Louise there are homeless people everywhere and the number of homeless people in Indianapolis is much less than what I've encountered in other major American cities. As I was walking through the streets of Indianapolis, the homeless haven't been taken anywhere. The homeless are on the streets and flying their trade. I would also add that uh, a lot of these homeless people are actually professionals who come to events like the Super Bowl because they know there's going to be a lot of money to be made. And uh, so uh, I personally contribute to Wheeler Mission just to make sure that uh, I'm doing my part
1: all right uh eight five five zero eight one one in bloomington eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight outside of the bloomington area and w f i u slash noon edition so uh, I know I want to mention one event bill there's something called the Super Bowl Invitational which is a high school basketball tournament going on up there that's yeah,
3: tonight I believe I, I believe it's tonight and i I do not have the particulars off uh, on the top of my head, but they do have the Super Bowl Invitational. Uh, the Pacers are playing uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Butler has a game tomorrow during the uh, day at uh, noon, and both of them are doing quite well. At the gates because of the presence of the Super Bowl. I saw a blurb. I'm sorry, I'm not up to date on everything, but I did see a blurb about Super Bowl, but I don't have the well, particular...
1: You know, that's okay because I just happen to have them. Uh, <laughs> well, no, not, sort. You. I mean, Bloomington <laughs> South is playing there, so Bloomington South is playing Columbus North uh, tonight. I think the thing starts uh, this afternoon at 5:30, and uh, the. Um, the game started, I, th- I believe, at 5.30. There are three Eastern Hancock versus Triton Central's girls, Bloomington South versus Columbus North boys, and Muncie Central and Logansport boys. So it's just another another event that's sort of a uniquely Hoosier event that's going to be going on, and that's at Bankers Life Fieldhouse downtown.
4: Go South. <laughs> yeah, I want to say about the Pacers game, I can't recall who the team is, but um, I, th- I have um, heard that because of the la- the NBA labor strike, uh, the team was late in making reservations, and they're staying in Cincinnati because they couldn't get rooms in Indianapolis. So the team that play, wow. they're playing tomorrow night.
1: All right.
3: And the University of uh, Detroit, uh, University of Detroit, as a matter of fact, uh, we play, they play Butler tomorrow. They're staying in Greencastle.
1: Wow, it's a it's a wild time up there in Indy. <laughs> I'll tell you. Eight five five zero eight one one is the uh, Bloomington number. Eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight wfiu dot org slash noon edition to uh, join a live chat. I wanted to go back to uh, something that Louise said, and you know I can throw this open for all of all all of our guests, but uh, Bill, you're probably the one to, to address it uh, firsthand. We talked about how there are several events that are going on that are host city events, and there are also NFL programs going on that uh, reach out into various communities. Louise mentioned uh, people who are homeless and what this might do for them. I mean, again, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about some of the events that are reaching out to help people who obviously couldn't afford a ticket to the Super Bowl or to any of these Super Bowl parties, but who will get some uh, some benefit from the big game being played in Indy.
3: Well, again, the Village is free. I mean, it's absolutely free. All you got to do is pay for your parking. You can come down and enjoy the concerts and, and all the activity and the buzz. Uh, they have uh, where the, the Roman numerals are up on Monument Circle. They have a light show and music associated with that, so there are a lot of things that you can do uh, with the Super Bowl that are very inexpensive. Listen, I understand. I appreciate Louise's comment. Uh, Indianapolis is certainly, uh, again, we're not the only city that has homeless, uh, and it's, it's, it's a concern to everybody. I would submit, however, I think that this host committee, once again, has tried to engage and empower and be responsive to as many and the very groups as any Super Bowl uh, that I can recall, uh, and I think they're to be applauded uh, for that. This is not trying to exclude any... Uh, population, we're trying to be welcome to absolutely everybody. There's a Super Bowl gospel celebration that will take place tonight uh, out at uh, Clues Hall. It's going to be uh, very well attended. Uh, City Cent going to be, I believe, at the Verizon stage uh, tonight uh, over uh, in the village. And so we're trying to have all kinds of music and all kinds of people represented and entertained.
5: Bill, I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about how much the host committee was involved with legislature, um, not just the state, but the city. Three come to mind, the human trafficking, open container law, and smoking. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Well, as far as the human... Governor Daniels, with the good work of the legislature, Governor Daniels was able to sign a human trafficking uh, bill just a few days ago, as I recall, and so that brings uh, much-needed muscle and teeth into the possibility of human trafficking that might be associated with the Super Bowl, and I know that uh, from the security standpoint, from the police standpoint, that there's been uh, significant engagement in trying to be vigilant and aware of any of that that might uh, occur. And then, if they catch them, uh, they're going to go to jail. So that's they've tried to send a very strong message uh, with regard to that. The smoking ordinance, unfortunately, uh, did not get through our – well, it has got through our council. The mayor has not signed it and has promised to veto it because they have some language that he objects to. And I think for all of us uh, involved in the hospitality community, that remains an ongoing concern. And hopefully we'll get to that place either through state uh, legislation or local legislation where we can come up with an effective smoking ban. A lot of restaurants, I will tell you, have voluntarily gone uh, smoke-free – in anticipation of the Super Bowl, and will remain so after the Super Bowl has gone. And I forget the third thing. The open up container.
5: Enough. It is odd to walk around oh. Indy and seeing people yeah. with uh, beers yeah. walking around.
3: They have uh, relaxed the open container provisions, and so you can you can walk up and down Georgia Street and the village area with an open container. Uh, again, trying to be mindful of... <laughs> the preferences of many of our customers this weekend. Is
5: that something that you or the host committee had to work a lot with legislature, or is that something that they kind of work on themselves? How, how much I, involved are you with that?
3: I, I did not believe that the host committee uh, uh, had in, I can't say for sure. I, I probably shouldn't comment. I can't say for sure. But I can tell you that in all the meetings that I ever uh, attended, which was many, many, many meetings, uh, that the open container uh, provisions were not discussed
1: alright eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. WFIU.org slash Noon Edition if you want to get in on a uh, call in the last 10 minutes about uh, the Super Bowl and the events going on in Indianapolis or just tell us, uh, if you've been there, what you think of, of everything going on. I uh, wanted to turn to Professor Krishnan again and ask about uh, how this Super Bowl has evolved. This is Super Bowl forty six but if you go way back, you know, 46 years ago, it didn't start this way. I mean, how, how does an event like this really build into something so Massive. I,
2: I think there's uh, you know, conscious effort from the standpoint of the NFL to kind of uh, take it in this direction. I think in the, in the beginning it, was, it started off I don't know much about the history of this but it started off as an experiment and uh, there were some good ideas thrown around. Obviously it wasn't that big at the time but over time this became such a popular event and there was a lot of hoo-ha around it and it was built up as one of the premier events and I think uh, it became something that not only was a showcase event for sport and football in particular, but also as an event, as a standout, you know, American event, and something that, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, uh, you get a lot of uh, visitors, you get a lot of uh, companies sending uh, their executives over, so it becomes, it it, it has become a larger entertainment event. Uh, something that that is something that it's, it's it's almost like an attraction, like the Oscars or so, something like that, where people want to be seen, they want to be known, they want they want to be there, regardless of what teams are playing, regardless of whether they're interested in football. So I think it's become a larger entertainment event or spectacle with, within the country.
1: From a marketing standpoint, uh, you know, it it, it just always I, I don't know, kind of boggles my mind that that somebody would spend a whole lot of money, send their corporate jet out here, just so these CEOs from a corporation can be seen around other CEOs what what benefit is that for them
2: some of it is just to make contact with with key customers so it's it's uh, you know you you bring some of your uh, suppliers customers your your key folks around some of it could be that you're actually taking the executive team over saying hey nice job on what we did last year so uh, a little pat on the back uh, so that could be going on as well but it's also a great opportunity to shake hands with other people, meet some new people, and there could be some behind-the-scenes uh, uh, deals taking place. So, uh, you know, not not actually signing things, but at least kind of talking about some of these things. And I think that certainly is going on in the, in the background. But I think a bigger part of it is also that, uh, just like any other event, that people are going there to uh, almost show, just like the advertising that we talked about earlier, that, hey, look how well we are doing. We are we are here, we are showing who we are, and we are here in full force, and we want to show what we can do for you, and uh, let's try to make it happen.
4: Okay. I I give the media credit for making the Super Bowls, but kudos to the media for a change. All right. Thanks.
1: (laughs) We appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ask uh, both Mike and and Bill in particular about – Different stories you've heard about, about the, uh, let's say, the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, people who may have uh, rented their their space in downtown Indy for uh, an obscene amount of money or uh, obscene is bad word, for a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, you know, we talked to the folks from, from St. Elmo's because Hughes Incorporated is based here. And, you know, they've put a big tent outside and they're, you know, they're selling their shrimp cocktail outside, taking advantage of Of uh, that's more of a a corporate way, maybe not quite the grassroots entrepreneurial spirit that I'm talking about. But have either one of you heard stories?
4: Well, I've got again. I I don't know this to be factual, but (laughs) but I do have a friend who told me that her brother owns a condo that overlooks Lucas Oil. And that he rented it out for more than thirty thousand dollars for the week to a media company out of New York City to come and cover the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting calls. We're getting calls at our office from um, people here in Bloomington. Hey, I've got an extra room in my basement. If you know of anybody looking for a place to stay, and of course, we're we've got plenty of rooms available. We're not we're not at that point yet, but yeah. So,
3: Bill, um, Bill have you hear anything? Yeah. Well, the Super Bowl host committee made a deliberate and conscious decision to. Uh, abstain from any involvement with uh, rental properties. And so that was all hired by other friends. And the reason we did that is because there are some honest folks out there and there are some totally uh, scam artists out there trying to work that real estate um, angle. And so the Super Bowl host committee uh, very early on said it would not be engaged in any uh, housing uh, uh, issues other than the hotels and motels. So uh, we are, we are not involved. Anecdotally, yes, I have heard, uh, especially with downtown, uh, dwellers who, uh, associated their property, listed their properties on websites and have visitors, uh, uh, running them out for the weekend at a, at a pretty good sum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, that's easy to say, and <laughs> well, however, in Indy, uh, virtually every space that, could be used to sell something is being used to
5: sell something. (laughs) I bet. Bill, I want to ask you one more question. Where you're at right now, do you think this is something that Indianapolis could do again in the future or would want to do again in the future?
3: Well, I think we would want to do it again in the future. The the cautionary, and again, we've heard a lot of people saying Indianapolis should do this every year, and that's really wonderful to hear. However, uh, we're a city that hosts the world's largest single-day sporting event in Indianapolis 500. We have Final Fours on a uh, rotating basis. Uh, We have the Big Ten Championship football games. We have a multitude of amateur sports. We have to be select. We are not a huge, huge market. Uh, And so we have to be select. It required $26 million, all privately raised, by the way, to provide the operating budget for this Super Bowl. To turn around and ask those same donors uh, to phony up another $26 million let's say four years from now, is unrealistic. I think the hope would be that Indianapolis perhaps can get in a rotation where once every decade, once every ten years, that we would be a Super Bowl host. I think we have shown them, again, we're not done yet, but I think we have shown them the viability of having a Super Bowl in this kind of environment and what they've seen they've liked. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, we have less than a minute to go, and you know what? We haven't talked about the game yet. And, Bill, you're an old, sp- <laughs> you're, 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 you're an old sports writer. So, um, first of all, I want to ask you about the matchup. I mean, the Patriots? Oh, come on, the Patriots coming to Indianapolis?
3: Yeah, it's a tough one. But, uh, you know, I, I just like the Giants. Defense. I think you're, you're getting the, the team, other than the Packers, you're getting the best team that was throughout the season in, in the Patriots. And you're getting the hottest team in the Giants, who have been in a must-win mode now for five straight weeks. Uh, but I like the Giants' defense. I think they're the hotter team, and I'm going with the Giants. Uh. And because I don't like the Patriots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, good luck to you. Uh, you know, I know as you said, you've got two and a half more days to, to go to get through to, before you can all breathe and call this a success. Hey, I did have one last question. I mean, what are tickets for this? What are tickets for the Super Bowl? Uh, uh,
3: Nine hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, and six hundred dollars are the three tier uh, of tickets. On the secondary market, we're hearing around a minimum of $2,500, but that's the face value on them.
1: All right. Good thing you got a lot of those free events up there. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> All right. We are out of time. I want to thank uh, Bill Benner for joining us for an hour. He's a very busy guy as a spokesperson for the Super Bowl host committee. Uh, also, uh, Shankar Krishnan for being here from the IU Kelly School to talk about the marketing aspects. And uh, Mike McAfee, who does a great job as the executive director of Visit Bloomington, talking about how Bloomington is capitalizing as a, uh, a celebration site as well.
4: Superbloomington.com if you want info on what's going on in Bloomington, which links you to Know Before You Go and all the super, the the site up in Indianapolis as well. All that information is at superbloomington.com.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. And I want to thank uh, Joe Wren for joining me today, as well as uh, producer Gretchen Frazee and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.